Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're going to be talking about The Duchess War by Courtney Milan. So I didn't realize this was in a series when I read it, but it's the first in the Brothers Sinister series. Yes, the first in the Brothers Sinister series. There is a one half in the series, so I guess a prequel that is free. So if you want to download it on Amazon to see if you like Courtney Milan, it is called The Governess Affair. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it later. Um, but that's, I guess, number one half in the Brothers Sinister series. Was it published before or after this one? Uh, I think it was published around the same time. I'm not sure. Okay. I didn't check on that, actually. Let me take a look because I just read it and I was just preparing for this. So it was awesome. published at the same time, mm -hmm, 2012. Okay. So they were both published in 2012. I have a lot of opinions on series. And I know Bujold, who we've already reviewed, did this with her um, Borkosigan saga. And Elizabeth Peters does this with her Amelia Peabody series, where some of the books were written in a different order than the events actually occur. Mm -hmm. And so I always, like with each series, sort of have to make a determination of if it's better to read them the way the author wrote them or better to read them chronologically within the text. Yeah. Okay. So this yeah. one, you don't really have to make that decision. No, you don't have. No, no. I think they were all written um, in order, sort of, or or simultaneously. So okay. yeah. But um, so I'm just throwing that out there. The 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 governess affair was the first one I ever read by Courtney Milan be because it was free, and I was like, well, why not? I'll try it out, and I really liked it. So yeah. Okay. So as usual, we'll start with the book jacket. Miss Minerva Lane is a quiet, bespectacled wallflower, and she wants to keep it that way. After all, the last time she was the center of attention, it ended badly, so badly that she changed her name to escape her scandalous past. Wallflowers may not be the prettiest of blooms, but at least they don't get trampled. So when a handsome duke comes to town, the last thing she wants is his attention. But that is precisely what she gets. Because Robert Blaisdell, the Duke of Clement, is not fooled. When Minnie figures out what he's up to, he realizes there's more to her than her spectacles and her quiet ways. And he's determined to lay her every secret bare before she can discover his. But this time, one shy miss may prove to be more than his match. Yeah, so I don't think that's too bad. There, there are quite a few secrets going on in this book. So it, this alludes to her scandalous past. He's got some secrets too. I think this does a good job of bringing it up without giving them away. Yeah. On the other hand, the book jacket does call her Miss Minerva Lane and she does not go by Minerva Lane until at least halfway through the book. Um, her name in the book is Wilhelmina Purcell. I can't say that name. Pursling. Yeah, I think Pursling. That's how I was saying it in my head. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that, that would be the only thing I think probably that I would change about this book jacket. So I don't think it's too bad. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, this like very much skims the surface. It doesn't really reveal any of the contents, but that's because this one is so mystery driven. Mm -hmm. I don't really, think, I can't think of a way to do it better. That wouldn't be a little more spoilery. Yeah. So I think, I think it's pretty good. So that said, you know, we have our randomly generated numbers um, summaries, and I think we do spoil it a little bit more than this book jacket. So be aware that we're, we're probably going to spoil it a little more than you might um, expect. Yeah, not more than we usually do, but this one is just so secrets driven. Yeah. 
So okay. So our random number this week or for this episode was 12. So here's my summary. Checkmate, a spinster with scandalous secrets entices a secretly seditious duke. Oh, that's good. Thanks. I was really proud of that one. I did a really good job. So <laughs> You did. All right. So Thanks. mine is woman with a fake identity pretend flirts with an activist duke. No one is pretending. <laughs> that's good, too. I like it. <laughs> There are so many tropes in this one, but I say that without a hint of criticism. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. The way Milan uses the tropes, I think, is very unique. So I, I, that's one of the things I really like about romance novels is seeing how they use the tropes, you know? Right. Um, okay, so what are some of them? We've got the traumatic past. Um, they both have traumatic pasts. His is more of a, an emotional trauma and hers is more of a um, scandal trauma but they're both getting over something in their pasts. Right. She's also, um, there's cross-dressing involved without giving too much away. <laughs> yes. There are women masquerading involved. as men. Yes. There's the, um, there's the lesbian aunt. So this is something that happens in quite a few novels is that the heroine will live with her, her aunts who happen to be lovers. Really? Mm, mm -hmm. I've seen the trope where she lives with aunts, but I've never seen lesbianism as alluded to as heavily as it was in this one. Like, I just, maybe I haven't read the same ones. I know you've read a lot more than I have. Yeah, well, Amanda Quick goes there a lot in her books, actually. It's very oh, common. Cool. Yeah, so that's kind of, maybe that's where I'm thinking of. But to me, it's like, a, it's so common now that it's a trope, you know? Right. Um, they also, their meet cute is in a dark room while hiding from a party, and <laughs> she overhears criticism of her while they're hiding in meeting cute. Yes, of course. Of course, she has, like, the most disgusting suitor ever. Um, oh, yeah, they can't be legitimate competition. Right, so she's considering accepting him, mostly because, so she wants to be safe from the scandalous past. So she thinks if she uh, can get married to someone who doesn't, who's not really interested in her, she'll be safe, you know? She's also cash-strapped, so one of her other motivations, other than just her own scandal, is financial security. Yeah, yep. Let's see. Oh, there's another one, actually, that I just I just remembered, is there's the scar trope, but this time she is the one who has a scar. But she's proud of it. She thinks it's sexy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's, um, you know, not, not, not all of our heroes are traumatized by their scars, but she, um, she has a scar, and she sort of uses it as this, I think as a, I don't want to say disguise, but as a mask a little bit to hide behind, but mm -hmm. also she doesn't want to hide it. Right. Right. She's also, uh, not her, he has a solicitor who is an illegitimate sibling. Yes, of course. Yes, and I've yes. seen so many tropes where like the illegitimate city sibling is the man of affairs or the solicitor or somehow involved in service to the legitimate sibling. Yes, exactly. So we've got that. Um, let's see. That might be all the ones I thought of. Like, okay. Oh, a fake relationship, duh. Yes, the, the fake relationship, although, I mean, like Lane said in her summary, it's obviously not fake. But that's what they agree to. I mean, they sort of, she never agrees to it. He says he's going to do it, and she's like, you can do that if you want. So I, I really liked that, you know? 
Right. It wasn't because a lot of times with a fake relationship, it's going to be some kind of let's it's a mutual benefit. We'll pretend and then I'll shield you from the matchmaking mamas and you will make heighten my reputation. But in this case, he's like, I'll do this. And she's like, OK, you can do that if you want, but I'm not going to stop you. Right. <laughs> but she doesn't agree to play along, which is I love. I really liked it. She was fun. Mm hmm. It was I really liked Minnie. This person who's like really a spitfire. Yeah. But she has to pretend to be mousy. Yeah. So you sort of get the best of both worlds where she is adhering to society standards publicly, but he sees the real her. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really great. Um, for, for example, when he's like, I will, I'll flirt with you. We'll have a relationship. I'll pretend to be courting you. And she's like, I'm ugly. Why would you ever do that? And he was like, well, obviously, because of your tits. <laughs> he does say that to her. I, th I mean, it's, this sounds like very offensive. It is great, guys. Like, this, it's great. Well, really and he fine. thinks about it like, I am the biggest idiot. <laughs> yeah, he was like, that was stupid. <laughs> so part of her, like, suspicious, scandalous past involves chess. And it looks like in the notes you have a lot of thoughts about that, Meg. Oh, I don't have, like, a lot of thoughts about this. It just really reminded me a little, well, it reminded me a little bit of my childhood. Okay. So Minnie, she learned how to play chess before she could read. Um, and she was a chess prodigy. So they, she traveled, I'm really spoiling some of this, you know, but she, she traveled around Europe with her father um, giving chess tournaments, right? And my father is really, really into chess. And he taught me how to play chess before I was five years old. So I learned to play chess when I was very young. And he thought I was just great. He kept telling me how great I was at chess and blah, 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 all this stuff. It was really great. And he entered me in a chess tournament when I was five years old. So in a chess tournament, you play four matches. And in this, this tournament, I played four matches. I lost three and I drew the fourth. So tied the fourth game. And I will say that I never played chess again after that. <laughs> that sounds really horrible for a five-year-old. Oh, it was awful lane it was awful and my father still talks about how it was like his worst parenting mistake ever and he wishes he had never done it <laughs> i mean it sounds like it actually might have been because you're very normal and well adjusted so i can't imagine you had tons of trauma no that is a I, very legitimate experience that's that would my childhood it. trauma <laughs> yeah oh so i'm it's i'm actually laughing because in the story uh robert the duke recounts this um his own childhood trauma so he tells a story that he is like laughing about. He was like, isn't this funny? Ha ha ha. And Minnie's like, that's horrible. That's not funny at all. So I'm sitting here laughing because I, I do think it's funny. But then I was thinking, oh, maybe this was actually like Robert's childhood story. <laughs> and it's not funny at all. <laughs> I mean, the idea there, there was intentionally some comedy work in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so, um, what do you think about her writing? Because you pick up on so much that I don't. I enjoyed it. I, I think she, so here's what I think about her writing is I think she's very um, straightforward. You know, we don't have like a lot of like flowery language. We don't have a lot of like metaphors, things like that. Um, I'm not going to say there's no symbolism because there, there certainly is, but I think she really is more of a expository writer. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, which, which I think it's great. Like that, does, it doesn't bother me. I'm just pointing that out. I will say there was one, there was one portion that struck me um, that I, I really 
wish that an editor had just pointed out really quickly to her. And mm-hmm. it, it struck me this time. It didn't strike me the first time I read it, but um, I was reading it this time, maybe also looking for looking for this. So, for example, there was a section where this is from Robert's perspective. He was aware of the man's eyes boring into his back as he crossed the room. Robert made a note. This man bore watching. So like the whole, these two sentences are just like inverses of each other. You know what I mean? Right. And I can't tell if it's intentional or not. Yeah. I mean, if it were intentional, I would, I mean, that's great, but it didn't feel like it, you know? Right. So, but that said, it, it, this is the most offensive um, grammatical thing in the book that were great, you know? Right. No, and I actually really liked her writing. I mm-hmm. thought the plot moved really well. It did, yeah. And there are a lot of characters actually here, and I particularly liked her best friend Lydia. They had a really I, like deep backstory. I really liked Lydia too. Yeah, I really liked her. Um, and so, like yeah. to me, I agree that maybe there were a couple things syntax-wise that might have stuck out, but she's great at structuring a narrative. Yeah, and I really felt like I believed the characters' motivations too. And there are some that could have been tropes and she sort of avoids it like his mother. Yes. I really, I really enjoyed how she handled that. I thought it was great. Same. So I think that was one of my favorite parts about this book, weirdly, was the dynamics between the characters like felt very authentic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is one Lane's talked about before how she really likes how when, when books will situate characters sort of in the real world. Like they'll have relatives or friends and and you'll feel like they have a life outside of this relationship. Both of these characters felt like they had that. Yes, they were both very fully formed. And I don't feel like there was less time with the two of them together in service Mm -hmm. of that, which was also, I thought, a mark of her talent. Yeah. Like they definitely do spend most of their time together in this romance novel. Yeah. And I still felt like a lot of their family and friends were well-developed too. Yeah. So there are, in this novel, there are, there are a few conflicts. So the main relationship, there are two relationship-related conflicts, right? So the first one is that she has this, she has this um, traumatic past, which prevents her, she has major anxiety in crowds. Yes. And, and so she thinks that she knows that if she becomes a duchess, she won't be able to perform all the things that are required of a duchess. Right. So go to balls and go to openings and, and be that social hostess. And beyond that, she just has no desire to draw attention to herself. Mm-hmm. And clearly, yeah. as a new duchess married to a very eligible man, a lot of attention would be directed at her. Yes. But I guess my question, and we've talked about this a lot, is when women financially are strapped. Mm -hmm. So she desperately needs the cash. She desperately needs the reputation boost. And she's really into him. Yeah. So I I actually thought this was handled really well, Lane. I really liked it. I did too. she, She didn't want to marry him just because it was causing her so much, like, personal anxiety you know mm-hmm. and she and she convinces herself that she's she should marry him to uh, ensure the financial well-being of her family of herself and her family right which I think is the logical decision I think that that would be the decision that she would have to make eventually right right um, but then his mother tries to buy her off 
So his mother comes and says, I will pay you this obscene amount of money to not marry him. And she agrees, uh, which could have been, could have fallen into one of those traps where I would just roll my eyes and say, this is so stupid. Why are they doing this? Well, well, you know, but I thought that her reasons for not feeling comfortable marrying him were so well written that I believed it. Yeah. And I also thought like he has a little bit of a marriage and love do not go together sentiment, but it's not obnoxious and it's not like he shames her and he doesn't, it's not like presented as a true conflict. Yes, exactly. So a lot of things that usually annoy me, her reticence to marry him, his, I don't know about, I love you worked really well here. Yeah, exactly. And that's, this is, again, I talked about this already just in this episode, but I love seeing these tropes written well. Yes. So, so I not reinvent the wheel, but it didn't have to. Exactly. Exactly. So I thought that was great. Um, and then later there's a courtroom drama, which is super fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I really liked that the evidence was from this chess strategy book. Yeah. How did you, how did you feel about that? I honestly loved everything about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I really liked it. I really thought it was fun. Um, I thought it was great. So I really enjoyed it. Nothing really offended me here either. No, I don't think there was anything really offensive about the book. I would say that the only thing that I would mention, and this is just a trigger warning, really, it's not that it's offensive, but the friend we were talking about, Lydia, there are some allusions to the fact that she maybe was, um, sexually assaulted in the past. But it's sort of unclear whether or not it was consensual. Yeah, we don't really know, but she does have a difficult past. Right, but it's just, it, how do I put this? One, it's not graphic at all. Mm-hmm. It's not sexualized at all, whatever mm-hmm. happened. And it only really exists to discuss the bond between Minnie and Lydia. Yes. yes. And mm-hmm. so there's a reason to put it in because that was such a formative moment for their friendship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll say this, so this falls into something that Courtney Milan does a lot. So she is, she puts in a lot of, I would say, like progressive, progressive social um, commentary in her novels. So yes, these are set like in the 1840s, right? And yet she is able to sort of discuss things that are happening in, in our world but in a different way. So uh, this actually reminds me a little bit of like the way science fiction works, you know, where we're saying, oh, we're going to imagine this future world where we're dealing with this problem that really is something that we're dealing with today, but it's, she's doing it the opposite way. She's going into the past and saying, how would this have been handled back then? You know? Right. And I thought there were some pretty obvious parallels. It probably is anachronistic. I just didn't care. (laughs) No, I don't, I really don't care very much either. But, you know, like, should someone be shamed for um, having gotten pregnant out of wedlock? Should, uh, it talks about, like, strikes. It talks about... um, Vaccinations? Oh, yes, vaccinations. So lots of different things are in there, you know. I liked all of that. And that is mentioned in my section on sexiness. Oh, well, let's, let's move on to sexiness then. So I just thought the way that they were both such, like, progressive vanguards was really hot. Yeah, their bonding with like the two of them working for social causes across class lines. 
Yeah. And like he has a lot of opportunity during the sexy political activism times to like tell her what he's thinking about them. Yeah. And their flirtationship. Yeah, right. <laughs> and one of the things I'm a gigantic sucker for, thank you, Bruce Springsteen, is the like the direct quote from Thunder Road is you ain't a beauty, but A, you're all right, and that's all right with me. Yeah. And that has always been like the sexiest concept to me. So like I'm not gonna like tell you you're a supermodel. That's not why I'm into you. You're killing me here. Yeah. And yeah. so he says a lot of things along those lines during their sexy political activism times. Yeah. And it it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So one thing I really did like about this book is that we have both a virgin heroine and a virgin hero. Yes. Um, and, you know, part of the reason that he's a virgin is because of his traumatic backstory. So I'm not going to go into great detail about it, but but it also has to do with the social activism, which is that he doesn't want to take advantage of of women. Right. Basically, right? He's a duke. He knows that he could basically just order someone into his bed and she would go, And he, but he doesn't want to do that. And it's both a moral thing and uh, I don't want her to want me just because I'm a duke. Right? Yeah. So so I liked that. I liked how it was dealt with in their first, their, their, um, the consummation of their marriage. So I really liked how it was handled there. really liked it. I did too. And I, I liked, they put a little bit of expectations versus reality into it in both yeah. of their heads. Yeah. And I'm glad that the way they both sort of dealt with it was frankness with which they talk about sex while they're having it. Yeah, it's it's great. I really like how she asks for what she wants and when things aren't going so well, she tells him. And it's the communication I think is really lacking and the fact that you can have those awkward conversations in a romance novel in a way that comes out as like romantic and endearing and sweet really impressed me. Yeah, I I just love it. And obviously this touches on my pet peeve which is if you just talked to each other, you could handle these issues. Right? And they do just talk to each other. It's great. Exactly. I mean, that's what happens. They just talk to each other and it got resolved and it was it was great. I really liked it. That there is only one really explicit scene though. Yeah, I that I was gonna say this this book is is moderately sexy, right? I'm just I'm wondering if this is typical of Milan or not. I haven't read enough of her work. I I do think that it's pretty typical. Okay. So good and hot for what's there. Right, for what's there, yeah. But it's I mean, a little there bit some other times. Exactly, like I really wouldn't have minded a little more detail, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I mean, I think this is a super fun book. Really enjoyed it a lot. Highly recommended. Agreed. I really liked this one. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. Super I will fun. I really them. Really enjoyable, so... All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, we'd appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. And you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and then on wherever your favorite podcast is published. Thanks for listening.